Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the public sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. Hi, I'm Kieran O'Donnell and you're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is Christine Reynolds from Reynolds and Associates and Letterkenny, who was last week elected as President of Letterkenny Chamber of Commerce. Christine worked in the family-owned Newsyard and Timeless Gift Stores in the Courtyard Chapel Centre for five years after completing her leave cert before moving to Dublin in 2007 to study biochemistry and immunology. She later completed a Master's in Business Management at Smurfit. Christine came back to Donegal to take up a position with Primerica, moved to Galway to work with a recruitment firm and then became a QFA and RPA before returning to Letterkenny to take over the family business in 2017. Earlier this week, I caught up with Christine at her offices on Lower Main Street. I'm delighted to be joined on Business Matters by Christine Reynolds, newly elected President of Letterkenny Chamber. Christine, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. Christine, uh, you were elected last Tuesday night. Um, a big honour and something you're looking forward to. Yeah, a massive honour, a huge privilege. Um, I'm exhausted after my first two days in office. It's been it's been pretty hectic, but look, I suppose the support has been really, really great and it's been heartwarming and I just see on our social media channels there's there's so many messages of, of like good luck and support and people have dropped in cards and flowers and I've been blown away to be honest about the, the the amount of support that I have received so no really looking forward now to getting stuck in and, and you know working on some projects with them next year. You're involved in the family business here on Main Street in Little Kenny, Christine. Um, you were here and away and back again. Can you maybe tell our listeners uh, a wee bit about your career path? Is it? Yeah, I kind of I refer to myself as the Letterkenny boomerang. Sometimes, um, I suppose. Whenever I was doing my leave insert, I did not have any idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. Probably still don't. But, um, you know, it was kind of frustrating at the time because everyone was in careers. They were all filling in their CEO forms and I just had nothing to put down on paper. I had no idea. So I thought, you know what, I'm only young. I was, you know, I was... 17 when I did my leave insert of March that March and I did my leave insert in the June so I just thought you know what I'm in no panic I'll just take my time I didn't tell my mum and dad that I hadn't filled anything in so they were delighted to hear it when I didn't but did my leave insert I actually thought I would end up repeating the year because I'm I just wasn't not fond of studying like I, I get by and I'm, I'm bright and I'd never really had to work too hard to get through exams but I uh, got the results that year I did well, so I thought, you know what, I was working in, in the newsagents in, in Dad's shop at the time, um, at the Newsyard, Timeless Gifts, we had a card shop as well in the courtyard here. So I went in and started working there. Um, a manager's position came up then, About I would say I was there about nine months. I was like 17 years of age and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll do this for a wee while. So Paul was like, right, go on ahead, take, take the reins. Um, so I did and I, I must have done a pretty good job because he didn't go looking for a manager after that. So I stayed with um, the Newsyard Timeless Gifts for about five years, I would say. Um, we partnered up with Mark Bonshu at a stage and we took over the Easton's franchise. So there was a lot of work involved with that. Um, I did that probably for a year and then at that point I thought, you know what, I've, I've kind of done what I can do with this place. Like I, I need to figure out what what's next for me. So... 
I decided to go and study science in Trinity. So at, at the time, you know, there was a lot of noise around, I suppose, females and, and STEM subjects and um, people that did science degrees, they often worked in business. Some of them ended up being accountants. You could go down the science career path. You could go off and do medicine. You could do pharmacy. And it was actually pharmacy that I probably had been thinking about at the time because I could mix like science, which I did actually like at school and the retail side of things. So I went off to do science thinking, well, I'll, I'll be a pharmacist someday. But when I got to Trinity, I realized that chemistry was not my strong point at all. Um, really good at biology, really good at physics. Um, maths, I was actually quite good at. I was useless at it at school, but it turned out I was quite good at it in the end up. Um, and then after I did science, I thought, you know what, I want to get back home. I want to get back up to Donegal. I could hear the hills calling. And I thought, how, like, what am I going to do up there? Like, I looked around and thought, you know, hospital lab, that's kind of all I could really think about. And I thought, you know, I missed the retail environment. I missed the buzz of business. I, I did a research project in science and I was in a lab. I was by myself a lot and it was it just it didn't suit me. So I thought, right, I did a master's in business management in Smurfit and I thought this will get me back. Like, this is something that I can use up at home. So I did that. And then when that was finished... I applied to Primerica and I got a job in there and I worked on a property portfolio investment fund in there, one of the, the largest ones in Prudential actually um, and worked with a great team of people um, What did that work involve, Christine? So a lot of it was desk desk based, a lot of it was reports um, Excel spreadsheets Like I, I didn't mind that side of things but there's very little interaction with humans. We spoke with the with the American team on the phone, but very rarely. Um, you know, we spoke to each other obviously at lunchtime or whatever. But there was no. I I didn't have to speak to anybody. I didn't have to do any meetings, and I found it was quite. I, I suppose I found it was a wee bit boring for me at times. Um, suits some personalities and some people. Some people love it. it. Just it just wasn't for me, and I couldn't really see where my career trajectory was. In in the company, brilliant company, great to have it in Letterkenny. Just I couldn't see where I fit in. Um, story of my life. <laughs> where do I fit in? Um, so at that stage, Gary, my partner, was studying a HR master's. He was going to Galway to do it, and he asked if I wanted to go. And I thought, do you know what? Maybe I will. Galway was full of um, pharmaceutical companies, medical device companies. I had a science degree. I thought maybe I'll, I'll give the science a, a go and see where that where that takes me. So I moved. I, did, I moved without a job, something that I never thought I would do. Um, I'm, you know, always like to be financially stable, and I thought, right, but I'd saved money, and I thought, right, you have a couple of months to get a job, Christine. Like, go and do it, and I'll work. I'll work anywhere. Like, that's that's grand. I'll make money. I, I don't need to worry about that. I'll do whatever it takes. So I thought, right, off I go. Um, off into the big bad world and I ended up working in recruitment. So I recruited scientists and engineers for medical device companies, pharmaceutical companies and I, like, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed talking to scientists and engineers, just really interesting people. How did you get involved in, in the recruitment line? I fell into it. Most people that do recruitment probably fall into it. Um, the type of people that they look for in recruitment are uh, people's people, um, relationship builders, probably sales people. If, if the truth be told, it is a sales role. Like you're you're providing people for companies, um, selling people into companies. 
I always think it's a, it's a real difficult job too because it's the only sales role where the product can say no. So your product is the person and they can say, do you know what, I don't want that job actually after you've put all the work into it. But um, I went down and I worked with a relatively new company in Galway. They, they were in Dublin and have a, have a great big office in Dublin. They're still there, really successful. HRM Recruit, they're called. Um, but they were building out their Galway office. The the man that... he, he He's a Dublin man. He married a Galway girl, so he came back and he was going to build a satellite office. So... Uh, there was one other uh, girl working in the office, Adrienne. We're still really, really good friends. Um, we ended up kind of building up that office. She came in and started recruiting engineers, and I kind of took over more of the science type thing. But we used to go out and you'd you'd meet companies. See, we basically built a desk, we built an office. You go and you'd meet, um, you know, HR people. You'd meet like line managers, scientists, engineers, and like I just found it really, really fascinating. Like I loved being in that environment and you know big manufacturing facilities. We used to go off and do our our tours. You'd be putting on your your white coat and your hairnet and your welly boots and off you go and I, like, I love that I love being out meeting people but alas the hills called again <laughs> I was down there for about two years and like I just anywhere I've ever lived I lived in Dublin for five years and I would used to come home every weekend and you're a homebird then I'm such a homebird and I went to to Galway and I, I thought right I'll come home every second weekend like I'll give myself an opportunity to settle um, but no there's just something about Donegal Letterkenny I'm just I'm drawn to it I, I, you know I don't make any excuses or apologies about it I love being from Donegal and I love living in Letterkenny and an opportunity came up in the family business um, Dad originally started when he when he started his career in Donegal um, back in the late 70s it probably was he started selling insurance so it was life insurance and pensions that he did so uh, himself and John Lowry actually set up a company together and worked together for, for many years and then the two of them went off their separate ways um, so Paul always had the the you know the financial services in the office here and he, like Anthony Malloy worked there um, Anne Houston was in for a few years Pat Brady so they had the, the business here for a long time my brother Austin went into it for a few years then and uh, a space became available so I thought right I, that's something that I would like to do like I like dealing with people you know I like talking to people about their finances you know I totally believe in life insurance and, and income protection products and there's a massive need for them and I like I can get behind this and I thought right how, like, how do I go about this so I looked into it and I studied my um, QFAs your qualified financial advisor exams and I did that um, I did some of them when I was actually still working in Galway and finished the rest when I moved back up here and then just started working and you know Paul trained me and my brother Austin came up for, for a couple of weeks and, and helped me out and you just start talking to people and you know you've, you've, you've broker consultants that you, that you talk to there's a good support network there um, you know the brokers in Letterkenny have been very welcoming and you know they've been helpful and everybody it's a nice little community like we offer support to each other and you know so I just started talking to people meeting people and, and, and that's how I ended up back here again a big change Christine massive change massive change I suppose what kind of keeps me going and the different things that I do I, I, I can figure things out I have a very logical practical scientific brain that's probably why I did science 
I'm not a very creative person. I'm not very artistic. Um, but I, I can figure things out. And with people's finances, a lot of it is about figuring out, you know, what somebody wants, what they're trying to achieve, and to put a plan in place to make that happen. And it is a job where you do have to, like, you're digging into people's finances. As Irish people, we, we don't like to talk about finances. We don't like to ask each other what we earn. I suppose when I was in recruitment, I got really used to talking to people about, like, their finances and their, their benefits package and things like that. So, Is that an, an Irish thing, do you think? It's a totally, it's a total, total Irish thing. You know, we're all, we're all quite private. We're quite proud. We're a bit modest. You, you know, you can't talk about money. It's vulgar. Don't, don't let anybody know. But, like, you know, everybody has their own different financial situation and what works for one won't work for another so it's a real personal thing um but look i suppose people confide in me and i'm you know i'm even among my friends group like i'm a trustworthy person i'm i'm you know reliable i'm loyal i so I, I like talking to people about their finances. I like kind of getting beneath the figures and see what drives people. Like, what are they trying to achieve? Do they want to have a, you know, an early retirement? Or do they love working? Or do they have children that they want to provide for? Do they want to leave a legacy? So... It's a very personal and a very confidential service that you absolutely, provide. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's just key, is it? It's totally key. And, you know, you, you're sitting down with people. You know, it's a real... It is like a relationship that, that you get. Like my my clients leave here, and I feel like I know them really well, and they probably feel like they know me really well as well because you know I share with them, they share with me. It's a, it's a it's a two way street. Um, look, look, it's it's a great job, and I do. I do believe what I try to instill in, in my clients is to give them the the skills and the understanding that they need to help them make decisions about their finances. I like people to be in control or to understand what they're getting into or to understand, you know, what you know, what does this mean? What does that mean? Like there is no such thing as a stupid question in this office. Well, were you surprised that people were maybe less uh, well-informed or not as well-informed as they should have been about their financial situation and the options that they have available to them? No, not at all surprised because we don't learn this. You know, we don't learn any of it. You, you go the whole way through school. You go in, you go into school, right, and you sit down in a, in a biology class and you learn the cellular level of a plant, Right, so you you can figure out a plant and the cell and how it works and how it creates energy, but we don't know how to set up bank accounts. We don't know where to go to get mortgages. We have no idea about life insurance. We have no idea about income protection, serious illness. We don't know how to protect our financial assets. We like tax returns. That's something I still struggle with. I have Shane McMurrow, my my right hand man, who helps me with everything. We don't learn this stuff, and we should learn it. And it's something that that. Um, Brokers Ireland it's, it's who we're affiliated with they're, they're starting to do they're starting to go out into transition years and to teach students about their finances and to teach them how to take control of it so that's something that I want to get involved in I think it's really really important and I definitely think it's something that we should learn at school and that we should talk about and that you know as a group of, of friends or peers or within a family we should all get comfortable with our finances and then we would all be in a, a much better place financially do you think people used the, the first lockdown uh, back in March last year from then on for a while to maybe review their financial situations and maybe plan for the future better? 
Yeah, like, I suppose in the financial markets took a bit of a dip whenever we went into our first lockdown. So people did, you get that initial bit of, of panic. Some people are quite reactive with news, but, you know, markets are, are cyclical. They go up and they down. They're reactive to news, and over time they, they go up. But uh, a lot of the, the first part of lockdown, you were talking to people and you're trying to kind of hold their hand through that part. You know, people were kind of a bit fearful of another big crash, another recession, I mean, you know, you get a recession every three or four years or a market correction. Um, so a lot of the, the, the first month would have been like fielding calls, you know, like, let's just wait this out. Let's just see what happens. And then very quickly it became um, noticeable that, you know, businesses are resilient. They'll figure out a way to work, you know, like throughout Letterkenny, throughout Donegal and, you know, big corporations, everybody took to working from home and working remotely. And, you know, even though manufacturing probably shut down for a little while, it kicked back in fairly quickly and we figured out a different way to do things. So what happened um, kind of shortly after that was people started to look at their finances and started to go, well, what happened if I if I got COVID or if I got sick and if I couldn't work, where would I be financially? So there were a lot of conversations opened up around that of people putting like income protection plans in place, you know, talking to people about, you know, their their financial dependence. What would happen if, if something did happen to you? Is there a plan in place? Would there be money left there? Would they be able to survive? You know, so it opened up a bit of an opportunity there. The other thing that happened, I suppose, over the, the last... I'd say 12 months, maybe a little bit longer, people started saving money. They had nowhere to spend it. They weren't really out. So they had built up little funds, some people. Now, I know other people struggled financially, and you know that, that's, that's no joke at all. Um, but for, for certain, certain people in, in situations, they were able to put away a little, a little pile of money. So then you're talking to people about, right, well, what do we do with this? How do we grow it? How do we make our money work for us? Um, you know, you've, you've the news all the time about negative interest rates in, in banks and banks serve their place. And if you have short term savings, that's where they're supposed to be. Keep them there, easy, accessible. But if you want to grow your money, there's ways to do it. And it's about talking to people around that. Some people aren't aware of it and other people are more comfortable with it. Um, so what I, what I try to do is, is get people to think about their money as separate little pots. You know, you have your short-term needs and then your long-term goals and you use different vehicles for those different needs. So the other thing that came out of, of the recession, like because this job is, is so like based around relationships and building a rapport with people, it's easier to do that when someone's sitting in front of you. It's more difficult when they're on the phone or over Zoom. And Did I'll you miss that initially? And did you find it difficult to do the job that you're used to doing without the personal contact and with eight day uh, contact over the table? Yeah, it was an adjustment. Um, definitely an adjustment. And you're trying to kind of coach people through that adjustment as well while you're trying to get used to it yourself. Um, you know, a lot of... of of people will maybe put off signing something if you leave it with them, whereas if you're sitting in an office with them, the signature is done, the papers are processed, and and it's it's a probably a quicker process. So there's a little bit more um, kind of toing and froing and and talking about something, which is fine. Like people have to be comfortable before they sign, and that that's a hundred percent.
And there we'll take a break. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the Public Sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. You're welcome back. Before the break... Christine Reynolds spoke about the effect the pandemic had on how she operated her business. Very quickly, people became used to doing things by phone and and doing things over over computers. And I don't know was it a, is it a generational thing or 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 if it's if it's just my experience through it. But I suppose a lot of people in their like twenties and thirties they don't necessarily want to sit down with me you know they they they're quite happy to go oh, can you just email that to me or can we do it over the phone or you know I don't have time to come in and and that's fine like some of my work has already been done that way um but so would you find the the younger clientele less uh keen to come and see see and face to face um probably no I don't know if that's just me and they just don't want to see me but yeah, I think they're probably more used to doing things through like computers and apps and digital signatures and, you know, they. sometimes I think if I just created an app and just let them add it and they could put in their details and God, you know, make a pile of money off that, that would be brilliant. But you do you do have to talk to people like, you know, you do have to, to have conversations with them and whether that's over the phone or in person, that's completely up to the individual. Some of the, the younger generations, they want to come in and that, that's fine. They get more out of an in-person visit. Um, and some of the, the older people as well, they would rather just do it over the phone. So it's, it's a personal preference type of thing. So you mentioned earlier on an interview, you're a few days into your new role. Um, how long are you involved with the Chamber? So when I moved back in 2017, uh, Paul, Dad, Paul, I call Dad Paul, <laughs> he got me involved with the Chamber. I would like to say he encouraged me to join the Chamber, but he actually made me join the Chamber. So off I went and joined the Chamber. Um, I went down and had a meeting with Tony Forrester just to find out a little bit more about it and, you know, what was the Chamber about? What did they do? And was this something that I would be able to kind of pony up with? And I suppose throughout our, our, our lives and our younger years, like Paul had always been involved in the Chamber. He was Chamber President back in 83. He was Businessman of the Year in 93. as the picture up in his office downstairs. Um, and then entering into the Hall of Fame in 2018. So throughout our lives, we've always been aware of the Chamber and we've always heard about the different projects that they've worked on. So I was happy to join. Um, you know, it's, it's the type of thing that you nearly need to kind of go on the board for a year and find your feet with it and, and learn and see what, what it is that, that they're trying to achieve and what it is that they're trying to do. So the first year, I would say, I probably didn't um, give an awful lot of, of value to the chamber. Like um, It was probably the second year where I started getting really stuck in with it and, and getting way more involved and more interested and, and found my voice within the chamber. Um, and I, I do, I firmly believe that a town like Letterkenny um, needs a chamber. You know, we're, we're the the spokesperson for our members, the business people. We have over 250 members. We're, we're, we'd love to grow that out more. We're going to try and grow that out more. Um, the more members we have, the bigger voice we can be. We're a lobbying organisation. You know, sometimes we're quite isolated and cut off up in the northwest. And having those members allows us to be a big voice and make a lot of noise and we can partner up and sit at tables that you wouldn't be able to do as an individual person. It would be very difficult for you to do it. So 
that's the importance of having a chamber and especially when you are quite cut off at times um, you know so that's that's the importance for me uh, Christine the Kinney Chamber has been established since 1965 and look, by all accounts it's going strong now as ever it was why do you think that's the case? Look, we have a really, really good board and a great back office and CEO team. You know, like our board's voluntary. There's 17 of us that work on the board and it's a it's a total voluntary thing. Everybody gives up their time. They make personal sacrifices and they attend the meetings and they do the work. Um you know, there's different projects that, that we get involved in. We, we organize ourselves into subcommittees. At the minute, and I, can't, I can't speak for previous boards. I've only been a part of it really myself this last four or five years. There's just a really enthusiastic board, which makes it probably easier to, to get things done. And there, there are a lot of things to do within the chamber. There's an awful lot of things to do. I, I think, you know, to the outside world, Sometimes I wonder, like, do people really know what the chamber do? Um, I certainly didn't before I joined, and then I was like, oh God, they do, you know, the Christmas lights and they organise the St Patrick's Day parade, and, and then and then I started getting into the nitty gritty of what they actually do. So we organise ourselves into different subcommittees. We have a governance and sustainability subcommittee, which looks after the governance of the chamber and keeps us as a as a, as a you know a sustainable group into the future, so that we will be there for years to come. Um, that looks after all of our membership subscriptions and, and things like that. And then we have our um, civic engagement committee. So that's where your Christmas lights come in. Um, we do that in, in connection with the Donegal County Council, our St. Patrick's Day Parade, the Busking Festival, the Halloween Fest. So it's a real focus about like bringing people into Letterkenny. So that's that's what, what that is. And there'll be more events in, in that as well. We do... Um, we have a, a membership and an R&D committee as well. So we do surveys. We talk to our members. It's all about business sentiment. It's, you know, what, what could we be doing? How can we add value? How can we be more supportive? Are there any issues? You know, we have the... Um, the membership one then is around like you know get, retaining members expanding out the members member led events like what what do people need to know what supports can we provide or what supports not even that we can provide but that we can make them aware of um so the other thing that we do is the the um, business and commerce committee. So that's where we look after the um, business awards. So they were run um, back in November there. And then as part of that as well, we have an infrastructure committee. So we would do a lot of work in and around the four-lane road um, coming into town there. So we would have, there would have been like years of meetings around that with the Donegal County Council and ourselves. And we represented the business community there. And we were able to get um, into a situation where the four lanes would remain open all day okay so at night they close the lanes but during the day they're open and that was massively important to us and we all know that Letterkenny gets choked up when there's traffic I always say you have a bigger problem if there's no traffic at all but like it's really important for us to keep the traffic moving and keep people coming into our town Um, and that's you know that's something that we were able to work on and I think we did really well there for the members um, I suppose that's that's kind of it in a nutshell. Like I think people think maybe we meet once a month, but our subcommittees, like we have four, three, four subcommittees, they all probably meet once a month, twice a month, and more depending on on what's going on. Um, we piloted our into the northwest events, which were were really really good. Um, 
it's like a panel discussion you know often we, we sit on these and people are given presentations and I find that format quite difficult sometimes um, I'm more kind of into podcasts or into panel discussions or things like that I think you get more out of that and people can be more natural around that so that was something that we did last year and we're going to continue that on next year we're going to try and do something around the shared island initiative you know we hope to get some some uh, some of the ministers potentially involved in that Um you know, we we do work with the dairy chamber as well. You know, the chamber, even though we are a Letterkenny chamber, we are a chamber for the northwest. You know, we're we're the only chamber in Donegal that's affiliated to Chambers Ireland, and we we do believe that if you have a a town the size of Letterkenny and it is working well, that that spills out into the surrounding areas, you know and you can even see it now in, in the likes of say Milford, Kilmacran and Kerrykeel, like you'll start to see businesses popping open there, so I think the, the louder that we can kind of lobby and, and speak for, for business people in Letterkenny I think that that has knock on benefits to the, the wider community I suppose Kieran, the other thing I, I need to mention is Shop LK that's a massive initiative up in Letterkenny. It's probably one of the most successful town voucher schemes in Ireland. You know, other towns, they do it. They've tried to replicate it. But we have something really, really special up here. And I think being in Donegal, like we always have the shop local message and initiative. And it's something that has been drilled into us since we were children, you know, with, with Paul being involved in the courtyard. And we've had family businesses. And shop local is not a foreign concept. It was baitened us as they say up in Donegal but uh, that's why it started it was to, to you know have local money staying in Letterkenny and it grew and grew and grew and we've done over 3.2 million sales this year and that's that's money that is staying in Letterkenny and then they say for every euro that is spent on a card another four euro is spent as well so you're talking about keeping 12 million euro in the town like that's phenomenal and you know the the our, our corporates, our multinationals have got on board and they, they, they gift them to their employees. Like a, a lot of people use them now as a, a like a gift scheme, a Christmas bonus scheme, presents. If you can't think what to get, a Shop LK card, you know that you can use them in over 220 outlets. Like it's phenomenal. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I think that's a, a real big success that, that the Letterkenny Chamber can be really, really proud of. Christine, as you begin your, your term as president now, have you one priority or a number of priorities uh, for the Chamber? Well, when you when you go back through all of the, the subcommittees and, and all of that, there's there's so many plates to keep spinning. Um, I suppose a huge thing that, that is kind of close to my heart would be the, the Letterkenny 2040 plan and in and around the, the regeneration plan. You know, we've consulted with the um, Paul Hogarth group and we've consulted with uh, the, the planners in the Donegal County Council. We've met as board members of the chamber, but we've also brought in people um, that aren't board members to get their opinions. And, you know, I always think that you should have people sitting around you that they don't always agree with you. You know, you should have a, a couple of different opinions and people that you can... I suppose bounce off or just hear a different perspective from. I think that's always important when you're when you're in business. Um, so that that's a massive one. Like I'm I'm based in in the centre of the town. We're sitting here at Ten Lower Main Street. Like I'm I used to work in the courtyard. Like I'm 
I nearly feel like I'm I'm from the main street sometimes, um, and the main street has, has it holds a big place in my heart, and it's a hugely important part of the town. And like I do think the Market Square, the main street, it's it's the heart of the town. I feel like it is, and uh, I'm a massive advocate for it, and and I always will be. Um, but the Letterkenny 2040 plan, it, like it's great to have that plan. It's a it's 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 such a it's such a big plan, and sometimes when I look at it, I think God, you know, that'll never happen, or will ever be able to do that or you know but if you think about the town maybe 20 years ago or even longer than that 30 years ago you know a very small town and it expands piece by piece by piece by piece and this is just another part of the puzzle and it's a real exciting part of the puzzle so um that's something that 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 i um definitely want to keep abreast of and, and keep consulting on that what is the best lesson that you've learned uh, in business well, there's, there's probably been a few lessons. Um, look, sometimes I think that you can you can be a busy fool. Dad used to always say that to me. He'd be like, you know, I'd be running around and be doing bits of this and bits of that and bits of everything. And he's like, right, what made you money today, Christine? And I'd be like, oh, crap, here we go. <laughs> um, so that that's a big one. Um, the other one is, like, momentum creates momentum. And I think the harder you work, the luckier you get. And full of the cliches now. <laughs> um the other one that, that that came from Paul and I always pretty liked it was uh, whenever he was a young fella starting out, he got a he got asked to do evaluation by a, a crowd in Dublin, and I think it must have been one of the first jobs that he did in the estate agency thing. Like he was a very young man, so he's all excited and went out and you know did his valuation, and he got it taped up and ready to go, or probably the old typewriters back in those days, um, and ready to go, and he drove down to Dublin with it to deliver it. He was just so excited that he got this piece of work and uh, he sat in the office and he gave the valuation to the, the gentleman that was looking for it. And the man says, that's great, Paul Reynolds, that's brilliant. Now I'll go and get you paid. And Paul's like, no, 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 you're grand, so you can, you can send it up. And he said, no, Paul, prompt service deserves prompt payment. And that's that's one that's always kind of stuck with me. And I, I do believe that... You, you know, you should pay people when they're they're due paid. Nobody should be screaming looking for money from you, and that's kind of the bills will always get paid. I might not eat for a week, but the bills will get paid, and that's I like that one. It's always kind of stuck with me. Christine, if you had followed your childhood dream job, what would you be doing now? Nothing, <laughs> because I didn't have a childhood dream job, and it's it's the one thing in my life that I always felt, what is wrong with me? Like, why do I not know? Like, why do my friends know that they want to be teachers or radiographers? Like, why? And I never, ever knew. So... If I followed that path, I was still I just would be doing nothing. Um, I think the thing is, and if I if I could kind of go back and and oh I don't know do it all again, I would probably try to do more things. I would figure out what I'm interested in. I would you know spend less time worrying about doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, and I would just go and find my own path by trying loads of different things. And finally, Christine, what lies ahead for yourself and your business? Well, hopefully we we grow grow my business, Reynolds and Associates. Um, you know, it's like that that's that's my main baby and that's that's what I have to look after and I have some really, really good clients that I I like to look after and, and you know, they will come come first. Um, you know, hopefully in, in years to come we'll expand that out. Um but for now, it's just me. I'm a one-man band, and I'm happy doing that. I'm a bit of a control freak. 
you know, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in with the chamber this year, you know, being a real good advocate for Letterkenny Town and for its businesses. Um you know, keep keep supporting the family. Um, we, we've we've had a, a tough old year, and and we're all just trying to to get through it. So, you know, be a be a good friend, be a good daughter, be a good business person, and be a good advocate for Letterkenny. And that's that's kind of where it's at. Christine Reynolds, newly elected president of the Letterkenny Chamber. Thanks for joining us on Business Matters. Thanks for having me, Kieran. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Christine Reynolds. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. That's also our lot for 2021. And I'd like to wish all our listeners a happy Christmas and a happy New Year. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with Letterkenny IT's Faculty of Business. Applications are now open for the highly regarded Masters in Leadership and Innovation in the public sector. Also a Masters in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection in Financial Services. And a Certificate in Online Dispute Management. Visit lyit.ie for more information. 